Hello, everyone. Happy Lord's Day. This is the day of the week that we should do nothing. We should worship the Lord. In the Catholic Church, it is a mortal sin not to go to Mass. Mass is the highest form of prayer. And I'm going to come to you either on YouTube or on this audible kind of podcast, which is Reality Reflections with Kendra Von Esch, and get into what is the Mass and why it is so important that we go, and the beauty of receiving Jesus in our bodies and souls, literally body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in us. And we can receive him every single day if we want to at Mass. The purpose is to worship and also the representation of Jesus's sacrifice for us on Calvary, his crucifixion. All right. I am blown away again how God speaks to me. Many of you may wonder, when you read the Bible, or maybe many of you have not really read the Bible or don't really know about the Bible, and that's okay, stick with me here for a minute. When you read and you get into learning the stories of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can see the typology where the Old Testament said that the Messiah is going to do X, Y, and Z. Typology means, whoop, then you look into the New Testament, which is, again, after Jesus, and you see that's what Jesus did, X, Y, Z. And it's awesome. But when you actually meditate on the Word of God, this is what I do every day. Every single day we get readings in the Catholic Church because Mass is held every single day across the world. The same readings every single day. I've mentioned this many times, but how powerful would that be if every single person read the Word of God and asked the Holy Spirit to put on our hearts what God wanted us to hear for that day and actually work on. That is the purpose of mental prayer. That's what we call it in the Christian faith. We don't do the meditation like the New Age people where we clear our head and we empty our minds and we, you know, ignore our bodies. This is what we do. We quiet our minds and we put ourselves in the presence of God. And we go within, in our hearts and in our bodies and in our minds, and we truly open ourselves to what God wants to share with us. And then I always look at the readings because what's better than the word of God? And somehow, some way, there will be a verse, there will be a theme, or there will be a word that will come to me. I always use the one when I was beginning to pray, when I ended up reading the gospel, and it said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That was Jesus speaking, and he was speaking to me because I really wasn't praying that frequently. I didn't have a daily habit. I didn't choose to love God every day, sit with him, offer him my first fruits, and then offer my day to him. I did not do that regularly. I do one day, skip a couple, do a couple days more, and then skip few, you know, and in the end, I just wasn't consistent. So the word daily jumped out at me at that time. I didn't know what it meant, and I let it sit with me for a while. What does that mean? 
I quieted my own mind to not keep asking, well, God, what does this mean? What does daily mean? I don't know daily. What is daily? You know, where I constantly am talking, I'm saying, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. That is biblical as well. And then I just sit and I try to allow God to put a thought in my mind. And in that case, he said, hey, you got to pray daily or it's not going to work. <laughs> and that was like, oh my gosh, that's the first time I really, really heard God speak specifically to me in today's day and age, not 2000 years ago. Okay. This always happens. So this is why I encourage all of you, if you've never read the Bible, maybe do the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz. He's got a podcast and he explains everything. So then you can kind of have the idea of the stories and the players in the Bible. And then you can start applying it to you because there's nothing but brokenness in the Bible. Nothing but brokenness, broken families. And we can definitely see ourselves in some of the people that are in the Bible. And that includes Jesus himself. Okay, so today I'm in mass with my mom at this beautiful, small, little Catholic church in my town. And we're in the front row. Beautiful singer. I just met her. I had to stay after one day and thank her for gifting us with her voice. It is angelic for sure. And I found out during the time that my father died, that her husband died, I want to say probably a year, year and a half, two years ago, somewhere around there. I know she just went through her first year of things. And she was singing today and I was so happy because I know that my mom would appreciate it, how beautiful her voice is. And then afterwards we hung around and talked to some people and the priest came over and said, I'm so sorry. And But during the actual service, I broke down in tears at the responsorial psalm because it was like God was caressing me with his word. What were those words for those of you who are like, what are you talking about? I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Okay, it's a long verse, and my computer's whining in the background. I don't know if you can hear it, but I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. I turn to you, Lord, in my time of trouble with my husband gone. And you fill me with the joy of salvation. So when I have those moments of just my crushed heart, or there's something in this house that reminds me of him, I turn to the Lord. That's where I go. And he reminds me, this is my time of trouble. I turn to you, Lord, in my time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. He reminds me, hey, your husband is saved. He is in a way better place than here. 
you know, I just texted a friend because I was telling her like 90% of the time I'm capturing that thought or that emotion and I'm turning toward God and I am giving it to him and I'm making it obedient to Jesus. And what does that mean? Because Jesus told me in my prayer that Jeff is saved. I am trying to fulfill a mission to help other people pray, not only for the ones that are here in their life, but also for the ones who are gone. And I just feel Jesus telling me, look, there is salvation. Yeah, it matters. We should probably look at our life. This is biblical as well. We should work out our salvation with fear and trembling here on earth. What does that mean? Sorry, I should have hit mute on that. What does that mean? That means start conforming your life to how Jesus tells you to live it now so that you can work out your salvation here and you're going to be in a higher level in purgatory that isn't going to be as punishing as if you did not work out your salvation. In other words, you just decided to do what you want to do and are relying on the goodness and mercy of God to get in to heaven. A lot of people do that. A lot of people, my dad was one of them. I shared this with you before, but there's a lot of new listeners. I've had many conversations with my dad along the years of my journey, which is 11. And I've said, dad, dude, you got to get to confession. And he was like, nah, I'll just talk to a priest on my deathbed in the hospital, which how prophetic was that? Because it actually happened that way where he did ask for a priest on his deathbed in the hospital. But I don't want you guys to do that because we don't know. Look at my husband. The day or the hour. So reconcile yourself to God, all you Catholics out there who have not gone to confession It will change your life. I need you to trust me on this. You will walk out of there on high. You will have such an amazing feeling of joy, of peace, of love, of acceptance. And the one thing that you will feel is this, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared. And that is the devil. 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not Be afraid. So I'm sitting there talking to this beautiful singer, Lisa. And you know what she says to me? She says, just live your faith. And I said, I love it when God speaks to me through other people. And he always uses such few letters, not letters, sorry, few words, such few words and always cuts to the chase. Lisa had no idea, but on the day of the funeral, I was in prayer and I was talking to Jeff and I was talking to the Holy Spirit and I was talking to my dad and I was just, you know, really shouting out to Mary as well. Just help me to be strong today. And what I heard in my heart, which really means the thought that came into my head, was from Jeff. And he said, just live your faith today.
Remember where I am. Remember that God gave you confirmation that I'm saved. Be joyful of this. It's hard to be joyful when someone's dead, except when you have faith and you, here we go, I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. That's how I can be joyful at this time. Every time I have that emotion of overwhelming sadness or I just see something in the house. I mean, he's everywhere. Sometimes when I wake up, I have maybe those few seconds of, of like thinking life was normal. But it will never be normal. And that's why I got to turn around and say, but I can be joyful about the fact that I am learning how to pray him to heaven and everyone else in purgatory. Again, like I said, I got a mission and I know there's more to it than this. So I will refuse to let my husband's death be done in vain. I am going to shout at the rooftops of the healing that my husband's death is actually doing to me and so many around me. Ay, ay, ay. Pull it together, girl. (sighs) But I need to remember the joy that I should have. Oh, it's funny because me and this person were talking and we were both laughing about the fact that we have basically said to God, you know, like, hey, anytime you want to take us, (laughs) you know, like we're ready. But we also know that he's got us here for a reason and that we need to live our days here. And I am going to do my best to make my husband proud through the witness of my life, my thoughts, my words, my deeds. And I can still live my rest, the rest of my life with him. Cause gosh, I'm talking to him not as much as I usually am because my mom's here, but I'm talking to him all the time out loud. Everyone, by the way, we're supposed to talk out loud because evil spirits and Good spirits cannot read our thoughts, okay? All right, this is good for today. Again, this is supposed to be 10 minutes. It's funny. I heard from the man who sent me an email telling me that he was addicted to my podcast, and he responded, and he's like, I like the real long ones. I can't get it up. So again, I'm (laughs) I'm so grateful for you all. And if there's anything that's going on in your life, We have to grab that thought, right? If you're getting angry with someone, if you aren't being tolerant of people where they are, one of the things that I'm struggling with is a little bit of control. Like I have no idea what God has planned next for me, but yet in my mind, I have a thousand things going on. So what I'm going to do tomorrow is go and sit in adoration and allow God to to move me and prompt me to the things. Like I know I have certain things to do, right? I've got to get my estate in order. I've got to, you know, do my taxes, do our taxes. I have certain things that have certain timelines. I have to finish my book. And of course I have a few talks that I have to do. And then in between 
I have to figure everything else out. And I want to do it with God. And you can too. By the way, I'm going back to Lent. I want to take every last day up until Lent to get in your kitchen, right? I, I want you to, I want you to like think, why is Kendra always in my head? Like, I hope I never leave your brain because it's not really me. It's God talking through me, you know, using me and my life and my situation and all the things in my past to maybe help you turn to him to get that courage, that strength, to make that decision, to make that change in your life and to be joyful about it. Because if you turn to God to do this, he's going to give you this grace of changing your heart. And he's going to give you these beautiful consolations. And you're going to look at your life with this change and be grateful for it and excited about it and happy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So let's pray that God puts on our heart something that we need to do. Do we need to forgive someone? Do we not even know how to pray? Again, I hate to tell you that I have a prayer program, but I do. And I walk with you every single day for 15, well, I shouldn't say 15 minutes. My video is three minutes. You sit for 15 minutes. And then throughout that day, we're looking at one thing and everything builds on itself. And this is for people who don't know how to pray, who are just kind of new to this Catholic thing. Maybe you are a Catholic, but you just, like me, didn't learn anything about it. What is the purpose of everything? Who do you pray to? How do you pray? There's so many beautiful aspects of the church, the Catholic church, that all the other Christian denominations just don't have. So that's why the Catholic church is the fullness of the church and the fullness of the truth. And the only place that you can get Jesus in Holy Communion. You can sit in front of him in a church. You can sit in an adoration chapel. Or you can receive him every single day in your own body while he heals you at daily Mass. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh. <sighs> Big deep breath, Lord, I am breathing in the Holy Spirit. Please use me as your instrument. Lord, all of us need to have something die in our life. Maybe not a person, hopefully not a person, but thoughts and some of our words and definitely some of our actions. We need to die to being control freaks in our lives and trying to control others. We need to die to being selfish with our time and not praying. If you do not pray, you will not be saved, says St. Augustine, who was just like me a partier. He was a womanizer. He was everything that this world says we should be and then turned into a beautiful doctor 
of the Catholic Church. What a saint. But it's true. If we do not pray, we will not be saved. What does that mean, Lord? We heard you in the Bible say that many people who have prayed and even cast demons out in your name will come to you. Lord, Lord. And you will look at them and say, I don't know you. And you will close the door. So we know the way, the truth, the life is you. No one gets to the Father except through you. So Jesus, help us to pray. Today, every single person wants to know you. If you are God, Lord Jesus, show yourself to me. And I pray that you give the grace to every person that is listening right now to sit down and just talk to you like their best friend because there is no better friend than a friend who gave up his life for us. That is also in the Bible. Jesus, you only want the best for us. You know the plans you have for us. So we want you in our life. In the Eucharist, in the Catholic Church, but in our life every day as we sit and give you all of our worries and then trust that somehow, some way, you'll walk us through everything. Mary, take our left hand. Holy Spirit, take our right. Walk us and guide us and lead us to Jesus' sacred heart. God the Father, Daddy, we lift our hearts to you and we ask for you to change them. Change them so that we do your will and not the things that we want to do that know they damn us or make us an unloving person. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Oh, excuse me. I just burped a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) Amen. But we got to pray for the souls in purgatory and list those people. Father, we are going to pray a Hail Mary for all of those souls that have gone before us. And we list them in this private time by name. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All righty, everyone. Wow. Again, when you lean on God, He's going to show you 
And by the way, here's another person you can pray to. When you lean on God and when you lean on your guardian angel and Mary, and specifically Mary. So Mary has a lot of names in the Catholic Church, like over a hundred, because she has shown herself so many times. And so Our Lady of Sorrows is truly Mary, who has seven sorrows on her heart of Jesus, you know, passing and being crucified, etc. And so Our Lady of Sorrows, if you pray to her, our guardian angel, and of course to God, asking like, what is the sin that I need to work on? What is the thing that Kendra is talking about that needs to die in my life? What has a stronghold on you? Are you addicted to your phone? Are you scrolling on it endlessly? Are you addicted to pornography? Are you addicted to sugar? Are you addicted to alcohol or drugs, prescription or not? Are you addicted to your job? Can you not stop working and being present with people around you? Have you not gone to confession? I know there are a lot of people that battle this and Look, I keep bringing it up because I love you and I want your soul to be healed because you are going to be so grateful when you walk out of there. I'm telling you. And guess who's going to be making all these excuses for you, telling you you don't have the time or you don't need it. Blah, 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 blah. That is Satan. That's not God. There's three voices that we have to discern throughout our life. It's God's. It's Satan's and it's ours. Sometimes I am my best God in my head. I mean, I can convince myself that this is God. This is God speaking. This is what God wants me to do. And then as I go forward in that path and it doesn't happen or doors close on me, then I'm like, wow. This happened to me with a job. I thought it was God's. I was praying. Oh my gosh, it was a three-month process. Bottom line, nope. No job for you, girl. But he gave me the grace to let me know that that was going to be what would happen probably a week and a half before I learned that I didn't get that job. But I convinced myself that he wanted it for me, but it was me. So it's tough to discern. You know, in a lot of cases, it's real simple to see when God and Satan are at work. No doubt between right and wrong. Clearly. It's all those gray areas. And it's that venial sin kind of stuff where we sit there and we're like, hmm, who is that really speaking? (laughs) You know, that's the cunning nature of Satan. He loves to take God's word. He knows it better than we do, by the way, and twist it and pervert it and make us all think that it's okay. His biggest deception is making people think that he doesn't even exist. That's the best one. And he uses fear and anger. Satan has two strategies. That's it. It's so clear. Number one is to keep you in sin, especially mortal sin. Sin means you're not forgiving people. You have resentment in your heart. 
Sinning is obviously mortal sin where you know it's bad, you know it's grave, but you do it anyway. Sinning is also not praying. When you don't keep God the center of your life, which is the first commandment, actually the first three out of the ten, you're not living how God wants you to. God tells us how to worship him, by the way. We'll talk about that later when we get into the mass. Okay, I've got my finger here. I can't remember where I was. I have one finger out and I just lost my train of thought. Oh, two strategies. Okay, number one, two strategies of, thank you, Lord, of Satan. Number two is to ruin every relationship in your life. Ruin them. So now that you know his ploy, he also uses anger and fear to make people make decisions He uses anxiety and other kinds of things and insecurity and things like that also. But he uses those so that we can make decisions that aren't rational. When you're all emotional, how are you thinking rationally? You're not. This is why I coach everyone on grabbing that thought, especially if it's not God. Irrational, emotional kinds of thoughts and behaviors and things are not where you have your rational mind to think through and reason appropriately. Same with making decisions on drugs or anything else that messes with your frontal lobe. Your reasoning center and the place that we communicate with God too, by the way. Okay, we can have joy in death of anything in our life. So let's ask God to give us joy in whatever he wants us to have die in our lives. What has a stronghold over us? What do we think about all the time that we know isn't good for us? What has, again, another stronghold, meaning we we seem like we're powerless against it or there's nothing we can do. Or we've had this problem for so many decades, there's no way it's going away now. And that, my dear friends, is because you've tried it probably a lot of times without God. And without walking together with someone like me on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. I just went back to YouTube yesterday. Good to be back. It really is because I need it. You know what? Time is going to be different for me. My mom's going to be here for another week until Saturday. And, you know, I think this is going to be really good for me. That's why I extended my podcast, I think, also for seven days. Because, again, I think the weekends are times when we get laxed. And we fall because we have more time on our hands. Or we fall back into old patterns. And this is what we're going to do. Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. It's all going to be soul mind, and body. Okay. Some of you are super new. We have to start with God. We have got to keep him in our hearts and in our souls because we have to fight the spiritual battle. We've got to cast out the attacks that come our way that are wanting to pull us back into the sin. We got to pay attention and we have to know how to fight. God gave us all the tools, but many, many of us do not either know the tools 
or forget to use them, I myself included. And so this is going to be fun. It is the, it's a spiritual walk, but it's also, also, excuse me, mastering your mind, which also means that you master your body, not the body as the mind. Don't let your body rule you, which most of us do. It's so cool. And again, we're always relying on God. We don't do it with our own strength. And that's why it's so much easier and where there can be joy in parts of our lives dying. All right, everyone. I love you all so much. Find something more with God, soul, mind, and body, and have a blessed and inspired day. Oh, it's 11. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh, you people. I thought it was 11, 11. Ooh, it's 11, 12. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened. I'm you know, and have a blessed and inspired day. And I turn around and I see the digital clock, but I can't see part of the one, the last number because there's sun shining on it. And then I look at my phone. I might've been saying it all at 1111, but when I looked down, it was 1112. So it may have been 1111. I don't know. Anyway, if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, go back and listen to my podcast on Wednesday after the one that says, is your life not as you expect it? That was my last podcast with my husband alive. I was complaining about my house and it wasn't done. We were still looking at problems that they should have been, you know, fixed weeks ago. And then my husband dies that next day. And that just seems so petty, right? It just seems so silly. But anyway, that Wednesday after was when I finally came back on a podcast. And you'll understand the 1111 after you listen to it. All right, everyone. Have a blessed and inspired day.